My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. This is the only channel dedicated to UFC fight picks and DraftKings lineups run by MMA insiders and professional fighters. Every week, I join Dan Kramer and Nick Newell, two longtime professional fighters that have fought at the highest levels on the planet, as well as Jacob Lines, a skinny kid from Indiana. So join us every single week for our full fight card breakdowns, our individual fight card breakdowns, our betting guide, and our DraftKings lineups. First up, at UFC Vegas 32, we have Hannah Goldie versus Diana Belbita. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong because her name had all sorts of tildes and apostrophes. Anyway, Diana is 13-6 and six overall, 3-2 and two in her last five, coming off of two losses. Hannah Goldie, 5-1, and one, coming off of the only loss of her career. This is a weird one, man. This entire card is full of tricky fights, live underdogs, crazy DraftKings prices. This is one of the weirdest cards we've had in a long time. Either way, Hannah Goldie is very strong. You can see by her physique, she's just a little tank, absolutely jacked. Short stature, but very strong and solid. She's a striker who absolutely never stops moving. She likes to fight at range, which makes absolutely no sense because she's got little tiny T-Rex arms, little tiny legs, and she's very short. Um, she doesn't have any real power, but she's incredibly busy. This is a really tricky matchup for her. Diana Belbita has, on paper, a ton of experience, but if you start digging into those fights... Uh, they're not the best, right? She didn't have the toughest road. That's not, it's, it's a good amount of fights, obviously way more than Hannah had, but I would not say it's the highest caliber, uh, of opponent. Um, it's a lot of local fighters. She has low fight IQ. She's coming off a loss where she was a three to one favorite. Her fight style is she marches forward. She also has busy hands. She has high volume. She has decent takedown defense. And she's going to be tremendous compared to Hannah Goldie. Much, much larger. Jakey boy, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, that was a slap in the face saying she didn't have any competition because she fought my girl Ariana Lipsky. And she got submitted by her, which is not <laughs> a great sign because Lipsky, we saw in her last fight, she's a fantastic kickboxer and just got absolutely mauled, couldn't get off her back, so... I don't think that's a good sign uh, for Deanna, but at the same time, Hannah Goldie, you mentioned it. She's a, a, a physical presence, and if you look at her Instagram, uh, which I have done multiple times in the past few weeks, she's even more shredded than she even looks like, even in this picture. I mean, she's just absolutely shredded, so I don't know if maybe she um, you know, started a new cardio program or, or, or what the deal is with that, but she is absolutely jacked, absolutely shredded. I did watch a grappling match with her. She looks pretty green on the ground. Um, she, I mean, even like the the transitions that I would normally see, um, just like in even novice people, it seemed like she didn't really know what was going on. So this this fight is so tough to pick because I don't think either one of them are, are, are very good anywhere. Um, so I'm going with Diana just because there was one fight where she came out with a fox draped over her. I think I can't remember what her nickname is. Uh, the warrior princess. So she literally had a fox draped over her, a dead one and was holding like a spiked <laughs> hammer as she's making a walkout. So I said, okay, well that's enough for me. So I have her winning, even though I don't think she's like head and shoulders above uh, Hannah. Well, I guess in height wise she might be, but um, 
It's a tough. Yeah, it's she's, a tough literally, she's literally yeah. head and shoulders above her. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough pick. I could see it going either way. I don't think either one, either either girl, is that great. But I'm going with Deanna literally just because she walked out with a fox draped over her shoulders. No, and listen, this is absolutely a pick em. These odds are ridiculous. This is a pick em because Hannah Goldie, very like when you look at her, she looks incredibly strong, and she is strong, but she doesn't really have knockout power. She doesn't use that physicality to like ragdoll people. She kind of is just very busy. She's in fantastic shape, so she doesn't really tire, but she's very busy. Pepper, 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 high volume, not great anywhere. So, you know, this is absolutely 100% a pick and fight. Do not bet on this fight because at plus 155, you know, she's not even a big enough underdog to really let that fly. So I also have Diana Belbita winning because – I, and I'm definitely saying that wrong, but her takedown defense is very solid. She's just as busy and she's much, much taller. I am not a tapology guy, meaning a lot of these people will look at tapology, oh, the reach, and then they'll, you know, they base the fight off of that. I don't typically do that. Uh, in this case, the reach is a big deal. I'm not, not I, don't, I don't think she's skilled enough to use her reach. Reach well, is for someone that's that's that the, like, got a good jab. I mean, she, I mean, just because your arms are longer doesn't mean I, I bet my reach is almost as more than yours, but I bet you, you would probably you probably be able to put hand. Yeah, out. I might be able to sneak in there. Anyway, I also have Diana because again, Hannah's not really a threat anywhere. She is much smaller. And if she was a wrestler, that'd be fantastic. Great. She's small, duck right under, boom, takedown. That's not really there. Diana's my pick. I'm not betting on this. I have a bunch of bets on this card. I'm not betting on this. I'm not touching it with DraftKings. And then, I, um, and just to you mentioned uh, if she was a grappler, that that grappling match I was watching, I just remember this. She had her, and it was a not like a, a jujitsu match. It was had with the cage, but there's just no you know no hit punching or whatever like a true grappling match. So she had the girl up against the cage, and her underhook, she just shoved her. She just had her hand in the girl's armpit. It was like trying to. Like controller and transitioner, and, and with her just her hand just sticking, her, I'm like, what the what the hell is going on here? So. Yeah, that's hot. Well, uh, the only thing I will touch is monkey knife. I like the more and more here. They're both very busy. I mean, that's their style. Busy. They both come forward. They stay in each other's faces. So I do like the more and more here. I wish it was a little lower so I could be more confident. But I don't think there's a stoppage. I think they just kind of go at it, pepper away, high volume, three full rounds, and monkey knife fight. You triple your money i like this line enough to hit it these are live right now we want picks.com slash mkf sign up promo code wwp they will instantly match your deposit take the free money throw it on a line like this and you triple it with the win which means you can lose a few and you still make a bunch of money next up at ufc vegas 32 we have sajara eubanks versus elise reed sajara eubanks is dropping to flyweight which is insane. My neighbor, who does DraftKings with us, called me earlier and said, is Sajara Eubanks really trying to go back down? 125 or she, she's dropping down? Because when she was on The Ultimate Fighter, she was literally crying hysterically, wanted to quit, couldn't make the weight. They had to chop her hair off so she could make the weight. It's going to be interesting. She's also has cardio issues. So coming down in weight, I don't know what that's going to do. With that being said, Sajar Eubanks is much better than 6-6. Six and six. She's far better than her record. She has fought a very high level of competition. Uh, she's very strong. She has good wrestling and is a legitimate BJJ black belt. Her cardio is the big-time issue. Grappling 
is the path to victory for her. Elise Reed is making her UFC debut only 4-0, and those four fights are not against the level of competition that Shajara has fought. Uh, but she is very, very active. She never slows down. She has very good power for this division. Okay grappling. Again, her cardio is fantastic. This is a big test for her. I see volume and nonstop pressure from Elise being an issue for Sajara. Sajara already suffers from cardio problems. She's coming down in weight. That is only going to exacerbate any cardio problems she already has. Um, it's going to be... This one is one that I'm going to wait to see the weigh-ins before I really unload some money. But I did already do a half a unit money line on Elise Reed because I do like Elise here. Uh, Sajara is very tough. Sajara is good grappling. But that cardio is going to be an issue. I could see Sajara taking the first round, losing the next two, just from sheer volume and exhaustion. Jakey, what do you think? Yeah, when I first saw this, I honestly thought it was a mistake. I honestly thought it was a mistake. <laughs> Sajara Eubanks, a six and six fighter with nine straight decisions for $9,300. It's not like she has six wins where she's just putting everybody away, but sometimes she loses. So they give her a value because she's a, a finisher. She has nine straight decisions against a, an undefeated fighter. I mean, this is an undefeated fighter. It's not, she's not fantastic, but it is an undefeated fighter. And you're gonna give her a ninety three hundred dollar value, almost a three to one favorite. I that's that's crazy. If you're gonna take Sajar Eubanks at ninety three hundred dollars, you know, God bless you. That's not me. I'm taking sixty nine hundred dollars and the value in Elise Reed. I've seen some tape on her. If she gets on top, I don't know if she can against Sajar Eubanks. But if she gets on top, she's nasty uh, when she gets on top, and that's where she kind of wants to be, which is might be a problem against Eubanks because Eubanks is is a pretty good wrestler. Um, but I just I just look at it. Value-wise for DraftKings, I see $6,900. I see Sajara Eubanks, who, like you mentioned, could have cardio issues, um, doesn't finish people. She doesn't get finished, but she doesn't finish people, so there's opportunities for Elise Reed. So, you know, I'm going with the, I'm going with the Elise Reed in this. I'm worried about, you know, kind of the inexperience factor because Eubanks got a lot of it. But, you know, I, I just see the value at $6,900. This, to me, should be – I think Eubanks should definitely be the favorite, but this should be like at $8,300, $7,700. So if I think that at least Reed is $7,700 in my mind, I'm putting my lineup at $6,900, and that way I can flood the rest of my lineup with favorites. Yeah, I, I have at least Reed in my lineup as well. We'll see what happens to my lineup throughout the week. I actually – I have so much money left over. DraftKings is crazy this week. I agree. Sajara Eubanks is by no means – a almost minus 300 favorite. Absolutely not. She is absolutely not a $9,300 fighter in DraftKings. So I think Elise Reed wins this fight. She's 4-0. There's just not enough to know. I mean, this is a giant step up for her in competition, just straight up. I mean, Cesar Eubanks is 6-6, six and six, but it's all UFC-level competition basically her entire career. So if I have and, 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 and one little side note, if I was on a hot streak instead of a cold streak – I think Elise Reed would be my lock of the week. She's not, <laughs> but I'm just saying, if I was riding, I'd be like, yeah, let's go ahead and make Elise Reed. But I got to I gotta check myself this week a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah, you need to come back to reality a little bit. So I um, uh, I have a half of a unit money line bet on Elise Reed. As soon as the full props drop, she is a perfect candidate for one of those three and a half bets. The three and a half bets, if you don't know, we want picks.com slash bets. The three and a half bets means you can buy a round on the judge's scorecard. All she would have to do is win a single round, one round against Shajara Eubanks, 
That will absolutely happen. No bones about it. Likely the third round, and I'm assuming the second round as well. But as soon as that prop bet drops, I'm hammering that one because that will definitely happen. Uh, the monkey knife fight line is tricky because I'll go more at least read. 82 and a half is a lot. I do see a decision here. 82 and a half is a lot, but it's probably the more and more. More and more is probably the play here as well. I think it's a three-round fight. I think they, they go at it. Um, Sajara might go under, but uh, if she gets on top, she'll be super busy. What do you think about the monkey knife fight line? Yeah, I'm looking at her past lines. It looks like when she loses, it's right around 70. Um, and then like her last win, she got 107. So I guess it's probably, if you're looking at just the numbers wise, it depends on, do you think she's going to win or do you think she's going to lose on if you're going to play more or less? Yeah. So. so she's probably a less more is probably the safest play here. Cause I do, I do think Sajara loses. I mean, four no is not, you know, you mentioned she's undefeated and you never know, right? This could be the beginning of a 50 and oh, this could be, you know, she could be four and four <laughs> in eight months. So it's impossible to tell, but. Uh, I, I like Elise Reed here. Uh, I think her incredible volume and pressure will be an issue for Sajara, who already has cardio issues and is now dropping in weight to have even more cardio issues. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have Julio Arce versus Andre Uhl. Julio Arce, 16-4 and four overall, 3-2 and two in his last five, coming off a loss. Andre Uhl, 17-7, 3-2 in his last five, also coming off of a loss. This is another, you know, this is a, a, an interesting fight for sure because Andre Uhl is an absolute giant for this weight class. He's not the thickest dude in the world, but he's incredibly huge for this weight class. Uh, Julio Ars, high-volume guy. He is coming off of a two-year layoff. Those are always giant questions, but coming off a two-year layoff, uh, he has good striking defense and very, very good striker. With uh, his hands and his feet, he mixes in his boxing and his kicks low, high. Uh, he mixes that on really well, and he moves really well, which is why he's not hit very often. He has a very low, if you if you dig into the stats, he has very low uh, hit ratio. He puts out more than he takes for sure. Um, he does have cardio, and this should be a pretty straightforward win for him. Uh, he can grapple if he needs to. Andre Uhl, absolutely huge. He's very long for this weight class. He does have cardio issues, and that's because he's tremendous for this weight class. He's incredibly athletic. He has very good boxing. He's very fast. He also has good movement. Cardio is by far his number one issue. He can't grapple, but that may not be a factor here. I don't think Julio's going to grapple unless he's getting touched up. So I know Andre Uhl. I think this line is already starting to move. People love him in this underdog spot, and I could sort of understand why. Uh, he's almost a two-to-one underdog. He's very big, very athletic, very good boxer. Cardio is a problem here, and I think that will be his demise in this fight. But what do you think? Fix yeah, your lights I'm, I'm, and tell me what you think. Do what? Your lights are going crazy. I was just messing with you. What do you think? Uh, it's the TV. It's my newly mounted TV, so when the commercials come on, it flips back and forth. So it's uh, it's big. It's 75, 78 inches, something like that. So, yeah, uh, okay. That, that room's not even seven, eight inches wide. Yeah, uh, Andre will – I'm in that camp of I love Andre Uhl. I don't love him in this fight. Uh, Julio, you mentioned that Uhl is a bigger guy. Um, Julio is actually coming down in weight. He's he's had that layoff, but he's actually coming. He's usually a featherweight guy coming down in bantam weight. So uh, Andre won't be as big as he normally is against the bantam weights. Uh, Julio is a Golden Gloves champ, so I don't think uh, Andre is going to outbox him. Um, 
his two his two last two losses are split decision losses, so it's not like he's getting beat up. Those are closer because those could have went either way. Um, he's never been he's never been KO'd, um, which I think would be the Andre's only way to victory. And if you've never been KO'd after you know twenty fights, is a good chance you probably aren't getting KO'd. Like you mentioned, the head movement he is a he is a boxing champ. So I do want to ask you: there was this one that he was a there was an old grappling match I was watching him versus Shane Burgos because I wanted to see that name caught my eye because we love Shane Burgos and I wanted to see how good his grappling was. They were doing like some wild, like just have fun grappling that I've never seen before where they were literally were just tumbling over each other. And then one would like kind of submit and then they roll out of it. I've never seen that before in my life. And it was the most beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Was there thing. like a ref? Was there a referee or they were just drilling? It, no, they it was like, it was at a tournament and stuff. And there was a ref, but it's like, it's, you could tell they weren't trying. They were having yeah, fun. Yeah. It was like, they would roll. One would roll and like start working a submission. Then they would like, let them roll out of it. They're literally just like in one ball, just moving as one. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen, but yeah, it was a wrestling match for Shane Burgos. We love Shane Burgos. So, um, he definitely can, if, if, if he needs to, but I think he's gonna have no issues with Andre in this fight. And that's why Julio is in my lineup. Oh, I didn't go that far. Uh, I do. Julio is my pick and bet wise. I think Andre Ull, three and a half is a decent bet. I just talked through what that is. You basically buy one single round on the judges' scorecards. So you can lose uh, – sorry, you, you buy three and a half points on the judges' scorecards. So you can lose two rounds. As long as your fighter wins one round, you win your bet. You're only going to find that at wewantpicks.com slash bet. I think he can take the first round when he's fresh and he's long and the, and the range is trying to get figured out. He's super fast. I think he can win the first round. And Andre or uh, Julio's been out for two years. I think the first round, there's going to be some adjustment periods. It's going to be a little tricky for him to get in there, find the distance, gauge it. The first round, Andre Ull should win. Then he'll fade. Julio will hit a rhythm, win the next two rounds. But I don't see Andre getting put out. So I love that three and a half bet here. It's not dropped yet, but as soon as it is, I will probably hit. I didn't touch it for DraftKings, but you definitely did. Um, Monkey Knife Fight. Ah oh, man, is this another more more? I would say so. It's gonna be a complete a pure boxing match. Julio's never been knocked out, and he doesn't really have like big knockout power. So um, I would say it's probably a more more. Yeah, I think more more uh, is the play here. I would agree with that. I mean, that's not the highest. It's a high line, but it's not crazy for a couple of smaller dudes. So either way, we on picks.com slash mkf if you want to triple your money. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have Adrian Yanez versus Randy Costa. Adrian Yanez looks exactly like our buddy, uh, the BMF champion. Oh, my God. I am forgetting his name. What? Jorge Masvidal. Looks exactly like Jorge Masvidal. He exactly like, like Jorge. Him. Dude, look at his face. He even has the exact same facial hair. Except he for the long hair. He, he looks, looks like Jorge he looks Masvidal. Much, he looks, looks like more like Anthony Pettis than anything. He does look like Pettis. Is, actually, he looks like Sergio Pettis. Good call. But he looks like Jorge Masvidal before he grew out the Jesus hair. Either way, he's 13-3, and 5-0 and oh in his last five. Randy Costa, or Costa, is 4-1 and one in his last five, 6-1 and one overall. This may be fight of the night. And I don't know if you guys checked out MMA Junkie, but MMA Junkie has like a 20-minute interview with the two of them talking through how this fight came about. They literally started arguing online about what's better, Dr. Pepper or peanut butter cups, I think. And then they just started going at it, having a good time. And uh, somebody asked him if they would fight each other. Randy said, sure. And Andre's, and Randy's like, I like him, but I'll fight him. 
And then uh, Adrian's like, yeah, all right. I like him. I'll fight him. So pretty cool. It's a pretty fun interview. They're laughing the whole time, having a good time. Um, so either way, uh, Adrian Yanez is, is very technical and he has solid fight IQ. He has super fast hands. He does have power and he has an incredible chin. He doesn't slow down. He will probably need his chin here because he marches forward and he never lets up. And Randy Costa is a very good finisher. Uh, he's long. He uses his range and he throws everything with power. Everything is a hundred percent. Um, and he mixes up his striking really, really well. There's lots of movement, uh, when he fights and he does fight very, you know, he has a different sort of fight style. He is at Stanford MMA and that usually doesn't matter. I am not usually a big camp kind of guy, but Stanford MMA has been absolutely insane lately. I, I'm pretty sure every single person they put out there, uh, is dominating as of late. And even in the very few losses they've had, they've looked fantastic. So this is a much trickier fight than these odds will tell you. I mean, two to one, it's a little wide for a couple of guys that will absolutely bang. And somebody like Randy Costa, who is crazy fast with a ton of volume and incredible power. How do you think this goes? I love Adrian Yanez. I mean, this guy is a complete assassin. He walks you down waits for you to throw, and just counters with such precision and power, it blows my mind. And I got a little pissed off because you said it was going to be the fight of the night. I have in my notes right here, fight, I have it highlighted. This is going to be the fight of the night. I think you nailed it. These are two fun guys, and Randy is no slouch either. I, I have uh, Yanez in my lineup, and I think he's going to win, but that's just because I think he's just a little bit more technical, a little bit more precise than Randy. As you mentioned, he's a little bit more looping with the shots. He does have power behind him, so this could be one of those, um, what was it, Jonathan Martinez, or I think it was Jonathan Martinez, and me and uh, Dan were really high on a very good striker that got caught. This could be Yanez should win this fight. He's a better striker, and they're going to strike but he could get caught, but I'm playing the odds here that he's he just a better uh, a better striker. And the only thing that I would say is Randy needs to use his length. I don't think he throws punches uh, straight. Like I said, I think it's more looping, so I don't think he uses length, but he needs to use his length versus Yanez. And this is what swayed me the most. I was going, I was looking at both their Twitters, and for some reason, Randy Costa, in his Twitter bio, it says, quote, professional bad decision maker. So I don't like that in a fighter that I want in my lineup. So that's why I went with Yanez and put him in my lineup. I think Yanez gets it done. Uh, a, a great counter right and uh, and puts him down late first, early second. So I have Yanez in my lineup as well. I, I spent the $9,000. Um, I think it goes a little longer. So I, I, I've got a bunch of stuff on this already. I have the over on rounds. Anytime I see rounds set at one and a half, I really look at it because one and a half rounds is not a very long time. I guess it is if you're in the fight, but one usually lines are two and a half rounds. So I hit the over. I already placed that bet on the over one and a half rounds because I don't think there's an immediate knockout. You know, one and a half rounds, seven minutes. Um, also, uh, I think this line is low. I went the more and more. I've already played it on Monkey Knife Fight. I don't want it to move. So I've already played it on Monkey Knife Fight because I think that line will go up. Because honestly, DraftKings, the odds makers, Monkey Knife Fight thinks that they probably stand there, they bang, and Adrian Yanez knocks him out. But I, you know, I think there's a little more to this. I think Randy has a ton of power. And Randy does like to fight at range. He doesn't use it well because, like you said, it's loops. But he does like to fight at range. So I think he will move. He'll mix in some kicks. 
And I think Adrian may be a little slower coming forward when he sees some of the heat on those punches. Adrian's my pick to win. Adrian's my Dragons lineup. I think this goes more than one and a half rounds. So I already played that. And I think they throw more or land more than, you know, high 30s in strikes. So I already hit the more and more there. If you want to play that, we on picks.com slash MKF. Triple your money. If you want to hit some of these betting lines, we on picks.com. Grab yourself a bet. And just add there, Jake, you like that line. Yeah, if you're saying that it's going over a round and a half. This that would be the first time in Costa's MMA career that it would go past a round and a half. So yeah, I yeah, just, the odds I, obviously I, the odds are a little bit against. What was the uh? Oh, that's just the over under. Okay, yeah. So yeah, the the over under was one and a half in the rounds, and then then uh, the strike line. And, and listen, I I know he's a kill, I would play. No, I, would guy. Play, I definitely would play the more and more because I think even if it doesn't go around a half. I agree with the more and more for sure. Just that one and a half is a, is a little bit tricky. Yeah, and I think um, you know, one and a half is a low line. So I love the – if you go back to all my betting breakdowns, um, Dan and I have different approaches. I'm more conservative. I think it's a pretty safe bet, one and a half rounds, because they're they're evenly matched. I, I don't think Giannis is a two-to-one favorite. I, I don't. I think the, the odds are a little wide. I think they're pretty evenly matched. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to love watching it. And hopefully, best case for me – is they land 40 strikes each. Adrian Yanez knocks out Randy Costa at you know end of the second round. That's best case for me. I'll hit my DraftKings. I'll hit the monkey knife fight, and I'll hit my bet. Either way, this one really should be right. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have Ian Heinish versus Nasruddin Imavov. Ian Heinish, 14 and 4 overall, 2 and 3. In his last five, he's had hey, a rough I, go at it. Can I just do something real quick? Because I don't know if anyone knows Ian Heinish's story. So I want to read his Wikipedia real quick. And I swear right. to God, it, it's worth it. Because if you don't know his story, it's I knew part of his story. But then I read this, and it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So I'll read it real quick. Uh, so he won a Colorado State High School Championship and was All-American twice. This is in wrestling. He went on to wrestle at North Idaho College, but dropped out of school and originally moved to Vancouver, working as a door-to-door -door salesman before being deported for working illegally. Okay. Upon returning to the United States, Heinrich started selling ecstasy pills to keep up with his lifestyle after his parents lost their house and got divorced. He was arrested for selling 2,000 ecstasy pills and headed to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to avoid a jail sentence after meeting bail. He ended up working in a bar in Spain and sleeping on a beach for three months. Not long after, Heinrich started drug trafficking from South America to Spain and got caught on one of his trips when a Spanish immigrant offered officer found one kilo of cocaine on him. Heinrich ended up in prison at Canary Islands. He taught himself how to speak Spanish by reading a Spanish Bible with an English dictionary and taking up boxing. After he finished serving his prison sentence in Spain, Heinrich flew back to New York where he was apprehended upon re-entry to the U.S. for fleeing the country back in 2009. He finished his sentence at Rikers Island and then started his MMA career. <laughs> Jeez, Rikers. Rikers. Riker, a drug trafficking wrestler with a ridiculous picture that did some time at Rikers. Ian Heinrich. Nasruddin Imavov is nine and three overall, four and one in his last five, coming off of uh, a loss to Phil Hawes. And if you remember that Phil Hawes fight, that was the one fight where Phil Hawes had some cardio and he really put it together there. Um, it's an interesting matchup. I, I think, I, I think it's a, a it's a tougher pick than a lot of people think. Everybody thinks Ian Heinish is going to come in here, wrestle his. I think it's a little tougher than that. Um, Ian Heinish. 
lots of pressure. He has very fast hands. He does rely on his strength quite a bit, uh, and he can wrestle, as you just heard in his insane Wikipedia breakdown. He has fought absolutely, without a question of doubt, the higher level of competition, which explains why he's two and three in his last five. Um, he's the better grappler. Uh, he's pretty good everywhere. This is basically a reset fight for his career. Basically, the UFC saying, okay, all right, maybe we pushed you a little too far. Let's give you Nasruddin Imovov, and we'll figure out where you are. If you could beat Nasruddin, then great. You're one of these guys that we can probably push, and we can do something with you. If you can't beat Nasruddin, then you're on your way down, and and uh, you'll like deeper, and we'll do a Nasruddin. Uh, Nasruddin has very good cardio and he has decent grappling. He counter strikes really well, which means he should be okay with the forward pressure of Ian Heinish. Um, and I think he's a better striker. Uh, he needs to strike. He needs to stick and move to win this fight. Uh, he's, he's made some poor decisions in the past. I wouldn't say he has the highest fight IQ, uh, especially if you look at that Phil Hawes fight. I mean, Phil Hawes' cardio was much better in that fight than it has been historically, but there were moments where uh, Nasruddin was willing to rest on the cage instead of make something happen. So I think this is a little closer because Styles do make fights. And if you take the Ian Hyde grappling versus Nasruddin grappling, Ian should win. That Styles is a bad matchup for Nasruddin. But if you take the counter-striking of Nasruddin and some, you know, at times the wildness of Ian – and Nasruddin should have a pretty good go of it. So this is a lot closer than than people are giving it. And, and even I'm looking at the comment section now, everybody except one person said Ian Heinish should, should cruise to a win with grappling. I'm not necessarily on that train. Ian Heinish is my pick. I think it's a very close fight. Uh, I don't think this is just take down Nasruddin over and over and, and get it done. So what do you think, Jacob? I think it's going to come down to the wrestling because I think Ian's going to wrestle and I think Imavov will will let him wrestle and going to try and out-wrestle him because I think Imavov, uh, that's kind of his go-to, his backup plan is wrestling and he's, he's comfortable there, which I think is going to hurt him in this because I think he should strike with Ian, but I think he's just going to succumb to the grappling. Even that fight against Jordan Williams, we'll talk about Jordan Williams later, um, he was pressed up against the fence uh, by Jordan Williams. And Jordan Williams isn't like a fantastic wrestler or anything. So if you're willing to accept that position against Jordan Williams in a fight where it looked like Imavov was even a little bit gassing out of the first round, I think Jordan Williams ended up getting a little bit more tired and we'll talk about his cardio uh, coming up, but he looked tired too. And I think he just got lucky that Jordan Williams was more tired and, you know, against Ian, those tough Rikers guys, they, they just don't, they just don't get tired. They've been in the yard for 12 hours a day. So um, yeah, I like Ian in this matchup. I think he's going to out-wrestle Imovov, um, and I think that's just the way he's going to get it done. I don't, I don't like him enough to put him in my DraftKings lineup because if he can't wrestle him, then things could go south pretty quick. But um, And you saw he got surprised his last fight against Gaslam. He came in and probably thought he was going to out-wrestle Gaslam and just got steamrolled. That was crazy. So uh, I think he's probably going to have something to prove in this fight, so I like him to win the fight, but I don't trust me enough for the, uh, the uh, 8,500. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. Heinish is my pick to win this fight. Um, I, I don't have him in my lineup at $8,500. He's probably not a terrible play. If you're on the boat of he's going to win this fight and it will be grappling, well, takedowns are five points and control time counts for a lot. So he's probably not a terrible play at $8,500. Just right now with my lineup, I didn't love it. Uh, I do like the more and more on the strike line. I, I do like the more and more because I think Nasruddin will get strikes off while defending. He'll get strikes off on his feet, and then Ian Heinish will be busy 
uh, trying to close the distance and if he gets a takedown. So I like the more and more. I don't necessarily think there's a stoppage here. So I'm good with the more and more on the monkey knife fight line. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Because I don't, I, don't I don't see anyone get knocked out and all the ground and pound, total strikes. If this was significant, I don't think so. But total strikes, yeah, I would play the more and more probably. Yeah, it's total. Uh, everything. And Ian Heinish, uh, pretty pretty high volume guy. So either way, we're both on, uh, on board with Ian, but uh, I wouldn't even say the odds are wide because minus 150 is not a tremendous favorite. But I do think this is a little trickier to pick than most people have it. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, opening the main card, we have Jordan Williams versus Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall will just never go away. I mean, he he's not doing that well. He's fought a low-level competition, fought and lost to higher-level competition. But Jordan Williams, 9-4 and four overall, 2-2-1 two, two and one in his last five. Mickey Gall, 2 and three in his last five, alternating wins and losses. Mickey Gall, good grappler with submissions and wrestling. That's his game plan. No bones about it. Uh, he's been around forever, it seems like. Um, and he has very good top pressure. His stand-up is not great. I would not say he's UFC caliber. Honestly, if he was making his UFC debut today, I'd be like, I don't think he's ready for the UFC. Um, Jordan Williams, lots of power, solid leg kicks has very good defensive grappling. He's very tough, and he never stops coming forward. It is not crazy that Jordan could wrestle in this fight. I don't think so. His path to victory is definitely to outstrike Mickey Gall. Um, I, I just don't think Mickey Gall is very good. I think Jordan Williams wins this fight. I think this line is correct. I think the DraftKings is correct. I think Mickey Gall came out. Who did he beat? Was it Sage Northcutt? Or was it uh, was it the wrestler he beat, CM Punk? It was one of the most talented <laughs> UFC, or sorry, WWE to UFC fighters I've ever seen in my lifetime. CM Punk, yeah. Yeah, so he came out, smoked CM Punk, and was like the hero of the century. But, you know, that's not what gets it done. So, I, you know, I, I think Jordan Williams is the better MMA fighter. I think Jordan Williams uh, wins this fight. The only issue could be... If Mickey Gall sticks grapple-heavy, nonstop wrestling, takes him to the ground, then Mickey Gall will probably win a decision. But I like Jordan Williams here. I think it's a safe pick. I think it's a safe play. Uh, and I think this is probably Mickey Gall's last fight in the UFC. What do you think? I think Mickey Gall is the more talented fighter. I mean, Oh, my God. I is he your think lock of the week? He's, he's not the lock of the week. Thank God. But... If you watch that blast double that he shot on CM Punk <laughs> to start that fight, that's what he needs to do. Listen, I think Jordan Williams probably should win the fight, but Mickey Gall is is very talented on the ground. Like on the ground, submission wise, he's very very talented. For some reason, he hasn't really gotten there. He doesn't have great takedowns. Like I mentioned, I make fun of that that blast double against CM because it's CM Punk. It was very easy, but that's what he needs to do. He just needs to shoot and shoot and shoot because we've seen Jordan Williams get tired. Listen. He's a type one diabetic, and that I mean, whether you like it or not, it affects you. I mean, that affects you in a fight. And he's going. I actually looked at his Instagram the other day, and he's uh, was talking about how he manages it. And he had like a breakthrough with his doctors uh, recently to be able to manage his insulin uh, in training and stuff. So uh, hopefully he comes fully prepared and, and he's good to go and, and healthy. And hopefully he has uh, found a good solution to uh, being a type one diabetic. But you know, it, it affects him. You've seen him affected him before, and I think he's got cardio issues because of it. Um, it's not really his fault, obviously, but 
I think Mickey Gall comes out. He knows he's fighting for his life. He's very, very good on the ground. I think he comes, shoots takedowns, shoot takedowns, eventually wears him down, gets him to the ground, um, and finds a submission. So I actually like Mickey Gall in this um, fight, and I think I ended up putting him in my lineup. Um, let me like tr double check real quick. But I'm pretty sure I, I worked my lineup again. And yeah, Mickey Mo Mickey Gall is in my lineup. So I, I, I yeah, like I mean, Good for you. Um, it's not, it's tricky. It's not the worst pick in the world. Um, I just don't think Mickey Gall's very good, but if he does come out here, Mr. Grapple and grapples heavy, wrestles hard, you know, and just sticks to that, doesn't even mess with the striking, he could definitely win that decision. Uh, what do you think of the monkey knife fight line if that's the direction you're going? Um, probably more and more. Well, I don't know. That's tough because Mickey's not. He's not a try to mount you in TKO you type of a grappler. He's a submission grappler, so he's just going to keep working. He might there might be a lot of shots though, you know, soften him up to work for those submissions. So I think it's probably more and more is probably the safe play, just because. Man, that's a tough one. That's that's a tough one. I think it is a line. I'm not it. I probably won't touch it. Uh, I do agree with you. Either way, if you're confident in that line, we want picks.com/slash/mkf. I don't have any bets on this. I don't have any plays on this. It's a little too uh, too many unknowns here, and it's not a high enough level fight for me to have any real confidence in. Either way, this is the main card opener. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have Punahil Soriano versus Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen's name, I feel like, comes up constantly in. He, most I swear to God, he fights once a month. Does he not That's fight insane. once a month? And he's fought everybody. So it's like his name is always coming up when we're doing breakdowns, either talking about him or talking about who has fought him in the past. Punahil, big boy, tough Hawaiian, and you love those guys. 8-0, and which means he's 5-0 and in his last five. Brendan Allen, 16-4 and overall, 4-1 and in his last five. Punahil, this is striker versus grappler. Punahil has a ton of power. He can put anybody out. He needs to do more than just look for a KO, though. Um, he can wrestle as well. He has a touch of wrestling in there. Um, but if he gets taken, will be of Pat is to make sure Brendan Allen pays for everything on his way in and uses physicality and his power. Brendan Allen, he is another move to Stanford MMA guy, BJJ black belt. He does have low kicks. He has very good takedowns. He's very tough. He's very tough on top. He is fast. He has fight, high fight IQ. Um, and in if I'm him, I chop Soriano's legs out. I remove that power, and then I grapple hard. This is a really hard pick. Everything on this screen is correct, right? DraftKings basically said it's a pick'em. The odds have it as a pick'em. The strike line has it as a pick'em. The only thing I am confident in is the over one and a half rounds. I already bet that um, one and a half round lines. I, I love. I usually over. That's basically saying Punahil is going to knock Brendan Allen out. Because I don't think that Brendan Allen takes him down and submits him in one and a half rounds. I mean, Punahil is big, strong, you know, has some wrestling in him. So um, I'm not going to get my pick just yet, but I do love the over one and a half rounds here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Soriano really, really burnt me last time because I his last fight, I think I picked that Dusko or Dusko, however you say his name. And yeah, he really, I think he, got like four or five knockdowns in that fight because Dusko was, was tough, you know, really tough, but 
just had his hands down. And so it made Soriano look great. I think Soriano is very, very good. You mentioned he is one of those tough Hawaiians, man. I, I do love those tough Hawaiians. Um, every single one of them is tough. It just doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, I, I, but I think he's a, I think he's a good fight. I don't think he's as good as he looked in his last fight, if that makes sense, because Dusko is just a guy that kept his hands down, got caught a bunch. Um, and Brendan Allen can kind of get lured into striking matches. He definitely should grapple in this matchup, but he'll get he'll get lured into some striking exchanges. So I think um, if Soriano can can get that out of Brendan Allen, I think he can win the fight. Um, but I think Brendan Allen wins the fight with his grappling, with his submissions. But I'm not picking against Soriano again. Listen, he burned me. He's a Hawaiian. There's no way I'm picking Brendan Allen in my lineup. So I think Brendan Allen probably finds a way to get it to the ground and submits him, but. Um, not enough to put him in my lineup. Even though I, I think that Brendan Allen, $8,000 is pretty decent value with the grappling involved, but I just don't trust him enough for the uh, 8000 And I love Brendan Allen. I, I, I would love Brendan Allen. I think they're both a great value because Puna Heel can take Brendan Allen's head off, knock him out cold, and what a great deal that was at $8,200. Brendan Allen could come out there, just take Puna Heel down, dominate, control, submit, Wow, of course. How could we we knew that was gonna happen? How could we not? So I think either one guy is a value. That's the lane you're in. I don't know what lane I'm in yet. I mean, honestly, this is a really hard fight to pick. So much power on one side, high fight IQ and grappling on the other side. I typically lean towards grapplers because you know, grapplers can control where the fight goes. If he wants it to the ground, he could take it to the ground where Puna Heel doesn't have that luxury. He has to keep it standing. So Brandon Allen's probably the safer pick because of the fight IQ and the ability to control where this goes. I may do a Puna heel, uh, you know, stoppage um, decision, no action, same type bet I just did with Misha Tate, uh, see what those odds are. Um, but I do love the over one and a half rounds. I don't think Brandon Allen gets knocked out in seven minutes. He may, but I don't think that happens. And I don't think Puna heel gets submitted that early. Uh, either way, interesting fight. If Puna Hill wants to win this, he needs to make Brendan Allen pay for everything on the way in. And if Brendan Allen wants to win this, he needs to chop Puna Hill's legs, limit that power, and shoot some takedowns. And Brendan Allen has a win against the most talented man in the UFC. So that's saying something. I'm not even going to ask who it is. I'm not it's even Kevin Holland. Uh, um, either way, should be a fun fight. It's definitely a game of chess here because both of them are going to be really worried about what the other person's going to do. And because of that, this line is stupid hard, stupid hard. I think it goes over one and a half rounds, but I like the less, less here. I like the less, less. What do you think? Yeah, probably less, less, you know, Soriano has yeah. of, his, of his eight wins, seven are first round finishes. So there you go. Yeah. I, I, over the one and a half is basically because of how tough Brendan Allen is. He's tough. He's diverse and he's not stupid. He has high fight IQ. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to trade. I think he's going to be ducking and shooting pretty quick. Huge fight IQ. Uh, it's solid enough, Jacob. All right. Either way, this should be an interesting fight. We'll see what, uh, you know, how the odds play out later in the week. Maybe I'll make something happen. For now, I like the over one and a half and the under, under on Mikey Nice, right? That, that sounds like it's contradictory, but uh, I do think uh, it goes. A little longer because I think Brendan Allen is going to keep his distance, get a takedown, sort of control, ride it out, and and uh, try to avoid some big, big shots. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have Miranda Maverick versus Macy Barber. Miranda Maverick, 
nine and two overall. Macy Barber, eight and two overall. And this is a really interesting fight because Macy Barber was like the next big thing. Looked great, ton of hype, ton of support, and just she hasn't does look been great, putting it together. <laughs> and just yeah. has not been able to put it together lately. Um, Macy Barber, eight and two overall, three and two in her last five, coming off of two losses. Miranda Vavrick, nine and two overall, five and zero oh in her last five. Miranda Maverick, a very technical striker with solid forward pressure and takedowns. She's very strong. She definitely has more ways to win. And she's the more diverse striker out of the two of them, the more diverse grappler. And this is probably her fight to lose. Macy Barber is a very good striker with great boxing. If she uses her reach and height, she can keep Miranda at way if she, you know, uh, at bay if she keeps her distance. Um, she's not a very good grappler. She has pretty good submission defense, but she doesn't want to be on the ground, especially with Miranda Maverick. This is, you know, I, I think this is this is the uh, third loss in a row for Macy Barber. With that being said, Macy Barber knows the spot that she's in. She knows that she was supposed to be the next big thing. She knows that she was supposed to, you know, come in here, make things happen, and she knows she's riding a two-fight skid. And if she loses this, that's not great for her. So this will be really interesting to see wh what happens with Macy Barber because after that first loss, we're all expecting like, okay, let's see. Let's see how she bounces back from this. And that last loss, she looked exactly the same as she did in the first loss. Same issues, didn't really make giant adjustments. And I don't know what kind of giant adjustments you know she would have needed to make, but didn't really make a ton of adjustments. Didn't come out here looking hungrier, better, faster, stronger, just more of the same. And she's super, super young, athletic. I really want Macy Barber to win this, but Miranda Maverick is a killer. Miranda Maverick looks fantastic. She can win anywhere. Uh, man, Miranda Maverick's the pick here. Um, and I think she's a safe DraftKings lineup play too, uh, especially at $8,400. Jakey boy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is tough for Macy, man. I feel for her. This was not very nice by Sean Shelby and whoever is making matches or who making who's making these fights because you would have thought, you know, like you said, she was kind of the next big thing and then lost a weird fight to Roxanne. You're thinking like, what the hell went went on there? And then she lost again. You would think the UFC would would give her someone that she would have a much better shot against uh, because Miranda is just she's nasty, man. She is nasty and she her fight IQ is incredible. I think that last fight that she had versus um. Who was it? Jillian. Uh, I think at one point Jillian had her back and, and Jillian is fantastic on the ground and with submissions. And you can just tell she's very cool, calm and collected. She knows what to do, what not to do. Uh, I think it, there's going to be a lot of 50, 50 situations with Miranda uh, going for, I think there's going to be some scrambles from Miranda going for takedowns. Macy, I think she's going to look sharp. I think she's going to look ready for this fight. And I still don't think it's going to be enough, but I think there's going to be those weird 50, 50 scrambles that if Macy wants to win, she's got to win those scrambles. She's got to win those positions. I just don't think she's going to be able to. I think Miranda's just too too good, too tough, too nasty. She's just got that nasty in her. Um, so I like Miranda in this in this um, fight. I didn't put her in my lineup um, because I do think Macy's going to come out and look sharp. Um, but I think that Miranda just is just going to be too much for. Her. Yeah, I, I I agree with all of that. I think you know I think this is the UFC being like, you know what, Macy, win or go home. Like this is. We've put so much money and effort behind you, and we thought the loss to Roxanne was a fluke, and then it wasn't, and 
So I, I think they're honestly frustrated with her because this is not a good matchup for her. It's basically somebody who fights like her but is bigger, stronger, and has grappling. So not a great matchup for her. Miranda Mavericks, the pick, minus 150 are not terrible odds, honestly. I think she's a very solid pick. Uh, minus 150, you know, that's not a bad money line uh, if you want to jump on that. I don't have her in my lineup, but she may end up there by the end of the week. $8,400 is a pretty solid price. But I don't know how well she'll score because I don't think Macy Barber is going to get stopped. Um, and, you know, striking doesn't score an enormous amount of points. And Monkey Knife Fight is a really hard line. I would go less, more. Uh, Macy's going to be making things happen. She knows this is it for her. So I think she's going to be high volume trying to force things. Miranda Vatic, 94 and a half strikes is a lot of strikes. And I think she will mix in some grappling. So uh, I think less, more is the Monkey Knife Fight play here. What do you think? I'd, I'd go with that. Less more. That sounds good. Yo, Scott Saka, what's up, man? Sorry. We don't talk to the live chat when we film this. That's ah, a new guy. Come on. It's a new guy. And re-upload it. Ah, Either way, guy. we're both going Miranda Maverick. I like the less more monkey night fight. We make her in DraftKings, but neither one of us have her in DraftKings, which is uh, a little odd there. And the odds are pretty solid. I think we have the same lineup again. I think Miranda Maverick's going to be minus 170, minus 180. Maybe even minus 200 by the time this fight gets going. I haven't seen anybody in this chat or otherwise on the Macy Barber train. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have Derek Minner versus Darren Elkins. Grappler versus Grappler. Derek Minner made us a bunch of money in his last fight. Um, this will be an interesting one. This will be a really tough one. This is sort of a changing of the guard, if you will. Darren Elkins is a true veteran, 25 and 9 overall, but only 1 and 4 in his last five, and he's coming off of a win, uh, that only win in his last five. Derek Minner, 4 and 1 in his last five, 26 and 11 overall. They have very similar experience on paper, but Darren Elkins has definitely fought the higher level of competition. Darren Elkins is stupid tough. He is a grappler, and he is absolutely never out of a fight. He can be three-quarters dead, getting pummeled 10-8 rounds left and right and still pull out a submission win uh, at the last minute. Derek Minner, uh, the more technical guy. He's really starting to put it together. He's improving. He's young. He's got a ton of fights, but he is young. He is improving. Uh, he's getting more technical. His stand-up looks good. His grappling was always very good, and he absolutely never, ever, ever gasses ever. He has that pace. He doesn't let it up. I think this is a pretty clear, straightforward win for Derek Minner. Darren Elkins may have some veteran savvy in his back pocket, but Derek Minner isn't, you know, I don't think he's the guy you're going to pull some veteran savvy out. Uh, in the grappling department. So I have Derek Minner winning. I have Derek Minner in my lineup. I think Derek Minner, monkey, uh, monkey knife fight. <sighs> Man, that's a, that's a tough one. Maybe less more because I think he's going to get a stoppage here. I think he's going to take Darren Elkins down, elbow in the face, and that's the end of it. Uh, and I like Darren uh, or uh, Derek with a money line as well. What do you think? Yeah, Darren Elkins, you mentioned he is one of the toughest dudes you will ever come across. Even that last fight that he won, I mean, his face is just beat and battered, but he found a way to win. And if you look at his losses, too, these are some great guys, incredible guys. Some of the top guys in the roster, some of the top guys in the UFC history, honestly. You got Alexander Vol Volkanovsky, the champ, Ricardo uh, Lemos, you got Nate Landwehr. 
and you have Ryan the Wizard Hall. These are some of the, the best guys you'll ever see on the UFC. That's who he's lost to. Um, with that being said, Derek's going to win the fight. This fight was set up so Derek can get a big name. Let's see. Let's let's get him a big name, a big win, so we can get him against some top competition. 26 wins. I think like 22 of them are submissions. The one thing I, I will say is Darren, after his last fight, he called out a name, and that name was uh, Crone Gracie. So he's not afraid to grapple. If you're calling out a, a Gracie, especially Crone Gracie, um, you, it sounds like you want to test your submission skills. So I think this turns into a grappling match, but Derek, Darren is is tough, man. So Monkey Knife Fight, I probably play more and more, but Minner, I think, eventually will will submit him. So Minner's in my yeah, line. I it's 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 a really interesting line. I, I it's more and more or less less. I think less less is the play because I do think there's a stoppage here, uh, and I think Derek Minner gets it. The under on rounds is the best bet. Derek Minner money line is a solid bet. I think this line will move too. I think uh, yeah. While Derek Derek Darren Elkins is always live, uh, you know I, I don't know how live he can be. Fighting a better wrestler, and he didn't, and he didn't get submitted by Ryan Hall. He lost to Ryan Hall, but he didn't get submitted. So I mean, that's even a feather losing, in the cap. Losing to Ryan Hall after last week is top five, one of the most embarrassing things that could ever happen to anybody. That dude was like a turtle on his back. What are like you a talking child about? He landed two. Class. He landed two wheel kicks on the button, nearly submitted him. I can't even count. I think it was like 15, 16. The guy has less wrestling than my daughter, who is four. He is embarrassing. You could tell how Don't terrified. Don't mention his name on could, this you channel could, again. You could, you could tell Hall. how terrified he was of Ryan Hall. By he, the first three minutes, he, he was like 15 feet. Like, like Ryan Hall had COVID. He wouldn't get close to him. Ryan Hall needs to stick to competitive grappling. Without wrestling, it's just embarrassing. I will Either make way, you a bet right about now. Him. Ryan Hall will be champ by 2025. We're talking about this fight. Derek Minner is both of our pick. Derek Minner should get this done. I like the under on round. Is he in your lineup? Well, yeah, Derek Minner's in my lineup. Oh, my God. I think we have the same lineup. Well, we'll find out when we film the next video. I like the under on rounds. We on picks.com. Grab that. Uh, and Monkey Knife Fight, I like less, less. You like more, more. It's going to be an interesting one. Next up at UFC Vegas 32. Jacob put his hat backwards, so I think we're at the lock of the week. Who the hell knows? Next up at UFC Vegas. Oh, I know what you're going to do. You're not allowed to do that. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have Kyler Phillips versus Rulan Rowlian, Rulain Paiva. 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 <laughs> Kyler Phillips, former lock of the week, nine and one, four and one in his last five, riding a four fight win streak. Paiva is three and two in his last five, 20 and three overall. And this is a interesting matchup. Jacob's former lock of the week in Kyler Phillips is a pretty diverse striker. He can strike. He can grapple. His feet are always moving. He does a very good job mixing things up. He has submissions. He is willing to bang with people. That could be an issue. Um, and Paeva is a good striker with some power, a good grappler with very good jujitsu off of his back, which is where he may end up. Um, his striking is definitely more technical than Kyra Phillips. Um, it's an interesting, weird matchup. I actually don't know why this is the featured fight of the card. This should be lower. I think this is an undercard-ish type fight. 
Jacob is about to do some ridiculous song and dance. I could just sense it with the stupid hat backwards. So why don't you go ahead and do that, and then I'll give my pick. First of all, I need everyone to watch the first Kyler Phillips uh, Yadong song video that we did because the the what Angelo is saying right now is nothing compared with what he said back then. Everyone picked against Kyler Phillips against Dong or song. Every single person. I was you know, every, and you were like, yeah, he can't strike. He's a good crab. He can't strike. He can't strike. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. He can't really I got, strike. I got insider intel. He's a converse striker, but it's not great. Can strike, and he outstruck Song and got the takedowns when he needed. Listen, I made lock of the week. I can do whatever I want with lock of the week. If there was ever a king of the lock of the weeks, Kyler Phillips is the king. He's the number one. We were on a hot streak, and you guys were like, oh, you're an idiot. I think he was the biggest underdog at the time. He came. He won. He is His fight IQ is off the charts. He got the takedowns exactly when he needed. Anytime there was a striking exchange that got a little bit out of control, a little bit out of his comfort zone, he got the takedown whenever he, he wanted, whenever he needed to win rounds. He knows how to win. I don't care. He's the lock of the week this week. I don't care if he's a two to one, two and a half to one fair, whatever. He's the lock of the week. Kyler Phillips will always be the lock of the week. He's my guy. He's going to dominate lock of the week. Kyler Phillips for number two. All right. So I think Kyler Phillips is a safe pick here. Um, the wrestling is the, is the difference for sure. Uh, the problem is, you know, and this is short. And this is short note. Speaking of Paeva, this is short notice for him and up a weight class. He's a one. He's a yeah. big one thirty five. I think he, he even fought at one forty five at one point, and he's really struggled to make one twenty five. So this will be a more natural weight class for him. So he might look better, but this is still a short notice um, fight. So, yeah, I think Kyler Phillips is a safe pick. Um, your lock of the week has been was. Uh, you got so shook. By how embarrassing Ryan Hall was, you just went with a giant favorite for lock of the week. So I got to appreciate that. I have two my two lock of the weeks. The last two two weeks are got finished in the first round. So, so I got to clean up a little bit. But like Kyler Phillips, I mean, he's, he's the king of kings. He's the locks of locks. Listen, I, I like Kyler Phillips. I think he's a safe pick. I think these odds are really, really wide. I think. Uh, Paeva is much more live than these odds are giving him credit for. He's a good striker. He's a good grappler. Uh, and I think Paeva can get this done. So Paeva is my pick. I This is not a tentpole pick. I'm not screaming and yelling. The odds are wrong. This is a huge underdog. I'm not doing that. But Paeva is my pick here. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'll be wrong twice against Kyler Phillips. And just, and just a just a, a note, because I like I think you like this this type of stuff when you have a bunch of teammates on the card. From what I'm seeing from Jordan Williams Instagram, Kyler Phillips, Jordan Williams, Heinish, and Yanez are all teammates at uh looks like he has hashtag factory X. So yeah, factory. If it's good, Jim. Listen, yeah. Kyler Phillips is the safe pick for sure. Um, and he has he has wrestling. He I I wouldn't he he's has wrestling. He's, first of all, he's a wrestler that is learning how to strike yeah. and yeah. learning very, very fast because everyone thought he was going to get pieced up against uh, Song. And he looked, I mean, he lost, I think the striking numbers, he lost the striking numbers. The takedowns is why he won. But they were so perfectly timed. But in those exchanges, it was like, oh, oh. 
But this is my point is every time, and I'm talking like I'm trying to convince you guys like he's a big underdog. That's what I'm used to doing for no, no, favorite. He should win. Two but, and a half to one but favorite. He's smart enough to realize when he's over his head in an exchange and will get the takedowns when he needs them. That's what I love. He doesn't get caught in those in those exchanges where he feels like, ah, I can I can beat this guy in striking. He's like, oh, let me get that leg. Let me get the takedown, win the round. Yeah, I mean, listen, Kyler Phillips is a good fighter. His striking is improving. I say diverse because he's doing all sorts of crazy stuff sometimes. So it's not very technical. It's not very sound, but he gets in there. He, he gets it done. I think Paeva wins this fight <laughs> because I think he's a real threat on the ground with the jujitsu and he's a good striker. And I think that could be a problem. But if Kyler Phillips takes him down and rides out a, you know, a wrestling win, that's not shocking. So Paeva's my pick. Don't, I'm not betting on that. This is just a pick to have a pick. I'm not confident in anything in this fight. I will do more and more in Monkey Night Fight because I don't think there's a stoppage, uh, at least an early one. And I think they'll be pretty busy, both these guys. So I like more and more in Monkey Night Fight. That's the only thing I'll be playing here. What do you think? Yeah, the only thing that would worry me about Paeva is if he was a power guy. Um, because you saw Kyler did get hit a, a couple times in those exchanges before the takedown. So that's why he went for the takedowns. But Paeva, I think he's got 13 decision in his 20 wins. He's not really a, a big power guy. Um, there's always gonna be that submission threat, but I think Kyler Phillips with his wrestling is just way too dominant to control those positions. So, um, I actually think this is a more and more, I think Kyler is comfortable enough on his feet to, to win the striking exchanges and probably get a couple takedowns to win rounds and uh, with some ground and pound in, in between. So I think it's mostly striking with timely takedowns and then Kyler Phillips dominates. Yeah. I mean, in reality, he may, he may see, um, he, Oh, he by the may, way, the, uh, the graphic it's, uh, it's filled with two L's there. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, well, running the show by yeah, myself. Yeah. It's weird how that, it's not a big deal now, is it? So, Kyler Phillips may end up being a phenomenal DraftKings pick because he may get a thousand takedowns, but ninety two hundred dollars is a lot of money. So we'll see what happens. I'm actually looking forward to this fight. I'm really only playing monkey knife fights here. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have the return of Aspen Lad in the co-main event versus Macy Chasson. Aspen Lad nine and one overall, four and one in her last five. Macy four and one in her last five, seven and one overall. Aspen Ladd, as I mentioned, is coming off a two-year layoff. She gets wild. She's borderline crazy. She's not the most technical, but damn, is she tough, and she's pretty good everywhere. This layoff will be interesting because she may have used the layoff to really button things up. No, she the layoff was she, she, last spring she tore her ACL and MCL. This is her first fight since tearing her ACL and MCL. Uh, and she may button things up. She may have gotten her weight under control. She struggled with some uh, weight cuts in the past. Um, and even her loss, if you look at that, uh, that was that was kind of a problem. And she doesn't have great striking defense because she'll just go out there and let it fly. She does have power, and she is decent everywhere. Macy is tall. She's long. She gets hit if you stay in her face. If you come forward and you stay in her face, you can absolutely hit her when she can't dictate that distance. She has some problems, um, and I think that will be the difference here. I think she's going to try to circle. She's trying to get, going to try to get the distance. But this is a fight night, so this is the small cage at the UFC Apex. Um, and I think Aspen, her craziness, just going to come charging forward, making things happen, stay in Macy's face, and I think she's going to beat Macy up pretty good. So I like Aspen Ladd in this fight. I have her in my lineup. I, I wouldn't normally do that, but I do have her in my lineup. 
if you like Kyler Phillips, then swap her for Kyler Phillips. But I like uh, Aspen Ladd. I have her in my lineup. Um, I just think she gets it done. What do you think? I love Aspen Ladd. She is such an awesome person. Just like one of those sweet girls that all of a sudden the cage closes and it's like, holy shit, who did she just turn into? But you did, or I did mention the uh, the the layoff with the ACL MCL first fight back. I will say, scouring the Instagram, that's what I do. She looks fantastic. She lost that one fight. I'm pretty sure it's because of the weight cut. She had an awful, awful weight cut. Uh, after she rehydrated, she said she felt fine, but that was a one punch. And she actually almost got that loss overturned. There was a three to two vote by the commission because it was an early stoppage because she got dropped um, and then and they got right back to her feet. But Herb Dean had already stepped in. So the fight was over and she almost got that loss overturned. That's how bad it was. After that fight, she actually got suspended by the commission because of her weight. She gained back 18 percent of her weight. Um, in between weigh-ins and, and fight nights, so they suspended her because I was way too much weight. But I'll say I don't think she's going to have any issues. Uh, I mentioned last week Misha Tate. Misha Tate, somebody that used to struggle. She had a little time off, came in, looked fantastic. If you look at uh, Aspen Lad's Instagram, she looks like she's lean, ready to go. I think she comes in and probably dominates this fight. Macy's length is the only thing that would worry me. That's the only thing that kept um, Aspen out of my lineup because I love Aspen. Um, but I kept her on my lineup first because the length with Macy, because Macy's very, very good as well, and can, she can strike. But then I learned also Macy, in like when she was in high school, um, got shot by a drive-by. It was a ricochet bullet, but she got shot in the stomach. She said some kid just jumped out of the car and started unloading on her and her friend. I don't know how he didn't hit him, but a ricochet bullet got her in the stomach. The kid actually got like 100 years in jail for attempted murder, and he was only doing it for peer pressure. This is a little bit of a tangent. But he was like in a gang, so he was like peer pressure to do it. So he didn't even want to do it. Now he's in jail for the rest of his life. So that teaches you a lesson, kids. You know, peer pressure. Just say no. <laughs> um, but uh, I like Aspen Ladd in this fight. I think she's a, probably a pretty good DraftKings pick, but I just stayed away from her um, just because I'm a little bit worried about Macy. Because if, if you watch our last breakdown against Macy, I said that I, I think she's they're putting her up to try and ch uh, challenge for a, a, a title. So we'll see which one is, is for real, for real. So Yeah, and I have Aspen in my lineup. But DraftKings is crazy this week, and we'll see what happens. I may, may, you know... We'll see when weigh-ins come. I may swap some things around. Um, but I like Aspen in this fight. I don't know if she's almost a two-to-one favorite, especially after a two-year layoff. But I do like her in this fight. I think, you know, styles make fights. I always break that down. And I think her forward pressure will just frustrate Macy. Macy will not be able to use her range. And Aspen is just going to be in her face doing whatever the hell she wants to do. So I've got Aspen in this fight. We'll take a look at some props because I don't like that money line. That's way too wide. And monkey knife fight. I don't know, man. That's a that's a high line. I more and more is probably the safer play because I think it will be busy. But that is a that's a high line. What do you think? Did you say more and more? Yeah, you it's probably, probably the safer more? play. I don't know, man. That is a tough one. I'd probably play more and more if I had to, but I would probably stay away from it. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's the type of line. Uh, monkey knife fights, you triple your money, but the lines move. So if you love one that we've broken down tonight, go in there, grab it now. If you're like us, where this one's like, it's yeah, right I would go, there. I would go opposite of whichever way it moves. If it moves, I would go opposite of the way it moves, probably. Yeah, that's why I want to see it move. This way, it gets out of this like perfect middle ground where it is, and then I could hit the under or the over. Either way, we on picks.com. Grab yourself some MKF. Next up at UFC Vegas 32, we have the main event of the evening. 
We have Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw in his return. He hasn't fought in two years because of that insane USADA suspension. Little rat. Corey Sanhagen, 14 and 2 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five. TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw. I can't get that out. TJ Dillashaw, 16 and 4 overall, the former champion. Honestly, might have went down as one of the best to do it if he just continued on that streak. Is four and one in his last five. His loss, Henry Cejudo. Then he got suspended because of the uh the juice. And now it's two years later, and he is back, and he's a pretty big underdog here. Quick, just a quick fact or whatever you want. So when TJ tested positive, the commission then went back and tested all of his samples all the way back, I don't know, five fights. They retested everything because they have an A sample and a B. They went back and retested everything because the technology changes. They didn't find anything in any of the fight samples before the Henry Cejudo fight. They did find it in sort of a uh, non-fight camp sample that was a random, sort of a, a random test. So with that being said, yeah, I don't think you can, and I could be way off. I don't think you can look at his career and say he was only champ because he did the juice. That's the only reason he did what he did. You know, I I think he started to do it later and uh, didn't work out for him. With that being said, Corey Sanhagen is good everywhere. He's been very active. In the two years that TJ has been off, Corey Sanhagen has been very active. Um, he's got a ton of power. He's got very good striking technique. He's a very fluid striker. He's very fast. He's very good with his combinations and variety. He will throw hands and legs. He will mix it up everywhere. He's very athletic. He's very good. And he also has good jujitsu. And that sounds like the absolute complete package, right? TJ Dillashaw is coming off of a two years USADA layoff. As I mentioned, he's beaten everybody on the planet until Henry Cejudo, uh, he's a great wrestler with a lot of power and his feet never stop moving. He's good everywhere. And without the USADA issue, he may have ended up being the one, the best one to ever do it. Honestly, if we assume TJ is the same TJ that he was, he's got the better footwork. He's got better wrestling. He probably has more power. He's not as diverse in his striking, but he can control where this fight goes I like TJ Dillashaw to win this fight. TJ Dillashaw is in my lineup. I did a money line bet on TJ Dillashaw. I'm all over him. I like him here, and I hope I don't have to eat my words, but I like TJ Dillashaw in this fight. I mean, there's some recency bias on both sides, meaning everybody thinks Corey Sanhagen is the best ever, and people just think TJ's a bum. I mean, go back and watch some of those TJ fights. He was an absolute... It was a master class what he was doing out there. Power in his hands, great wrestling. He's good everywhere. This will be a really tough fight, but I like TJ. Jacob has a $100 autographed Corey Sanders UFC card, so I think we know what we're going to do. Yeah, there's a little bit. Of, I'm just going to lead with that, how I just pray to God that Corey Sanhagen wins because I have this $100 card. I don't even think I could sell that thing for $10 right now. So I pray to God that he goes down as the greatest fighter of all time, Corey Sanhagen, so I can cash in big on that card I accidentally uh, bought. So if you guys are interested in a signed autograph Corey Sanhagen card, let me know, and uh, I'll get that out to you. But Maybe, honestly, maybe we'll make it a giveaway 
we'll make it some sort of giveaway on the on the. Uh, I tried to give it away. Nobody even wanted it. Now I got to wait. <laughs> if he wins this, I'm not giving away because he's going to be a champ when he wins this. Because DJ TJ Dillashaw, I was almost going to make fun of you because you couldn't say his name. Now I can't say his name. TJ Dillashaw should never have been champ in the first place. Cody Garbrandt dropped him bad, and the round saved his life. He would if 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 Garbrandt had ten more seconds, that fight's over. Garbrandt's still the champ. I don't know if he's still the champ today, but he would have been the champ. <laughs> everyone would have forgot about TJ. He probably would have got on the juice sooner to trying to make up those losses or that loss. So, listen, Corey Sanhagen, I think is the true TJ. Honestly, was in my lineup to start at seventy four hundred dollars with his talent. It doesn't make sense to me when I, because I, I I was breaking down these fights and looking at these fights and I, I didn't look at the odds. I didn't look at DraftKings yet. And when I came to this, I was like, I probably picked Corey Sanhagen because he's probably going to be pretty, pretty even money. And then I saw this. I'm like, what the hell is going on? TJ Gillespie is $7,400. I think that's incredible value. I, I want Corey to win. I think Corey's going to win. Corey ended up making it in my lineup just because the way I, I worked it out with some other underdogs. But TJ Gillis, $7,400 in a five-round fight with his wrestling and his – he's one of the – I saw a comment on the uh, one of the videos I was watching. And somebody said he's one of the most technical strikers, almost up there with like Valentina Shevchenko technical. That's how good he is. But, you know, Corey's saying, hey, he's just so big and so sharp and, and uses length that I think he just is, is going to find a way to, to finish TJ. But – I think that's that's still some good value at seventy four hundred dollars. Yeah, I li- I like TJ. I think he's got the power. He's definitely got the wrestling. Uh, I think he has enough, ac- you know, uh, grappling acumen to not get submitted. Um, and he's got a chin. We've seen him get hit and survive. Obviously, his last fight that wasn't the case. But Henry Cejudo is probably the best to ever do it. And losses happen. So I have TJ Dillashaw everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And I like them more and more here. I think it's an active fight. I think it's a long fight. I think it's a busy fight. I bet this line drops, though. I think everybody thinks Corey Sanhagen is going to win by knockout or submission. And and I'm looking at the live chat now, and that's what 90% of you were saying. So this line will drop when it does. I'm going to hammer them more and more in monkey knife fights and triple my money. What do you think of that line? I I think it's still more and more either either way. I think uh, this is definitely more and more. I think it's a very active fight. I think that I think TJ comes out a little slow. I mean, he's had the layoff. He doesn't want to get. I mean, Corey can finish anyone at any time from like from anywhere. Basically, all those long limbs. So I think he comes out a little hesitant. Maybe he tries to grapple earlier, which really can make those strikes pump up because Corey will will pull guard and, and you know do they'll both do those little pitter patter shots. So I like the more and more here, and I honestly think this is a pickup fight. So TJ at plus one forty five, I agree. I think is is great great value. Yeah, and I don't, I don't I, even think he's gonna. I don't even think he's gonna win, and I think it's still great value. So. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, I, I agree with you that it, it should be a pick'em, and if anything, TJ should be the favorite. But it should be a pick'em. He is coming off a loss, a drug suspension. It has been two years, so there is a lot going against him. But it's been two years. I'm assuming he's training the entire time. He's ready as hell. He is a mentally tough guy. So anyway, TJ Dillashaw is absolutely my pick. Dan uh, Jacob's going the other way. If you want a tiebreaker. Uh, we'll have to film a little bit more when Danny is back uh, later in the oh, week. Oh, Danny boy. Okay. Either way, that is our breakdown. Thank you guys very much for watching. If you're new here, subscribe. It is tremendously helpful and it costs you absolutely $0. If you do want to spend a few dollars, click the join button, become a member, and play in our free DraftKings League. We want picks.com. Click on the DraftKings button, join the league. It is free. And if you win it, 
I give you $15. I literally Venmo you $15. Yeah, someone and someone made a good point. I forgot about this. Uh, Chael said that they these guys used to spar together all the time. and um, But he wouldn't say who was when. But I think there's like videotape or something of TJ admitting in the past that when they spar, that Corey would just beat the shit out of them. So take that for what Yeah, I think, um, you know, th things obviously change. And listen, Corey Sanhagen is very, very good. But TJ Dillashaw is, you know, if it wasn't for the drug suspension, an all-time great. Either way, join our free DraftKings League. Go to wewantpicks.com. Sign up for Monkey Knife Fight. Sign up for the bets. Let us know if you have any questions. Thank you very much for the watch. And we will see you on Saturday.